0: I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 10. I'm going to speak on hearing the voice of God. This is the fourth sermon in this series. And I believe I will be preaching more on this even in the coming Sundays. Because the Lord really spoke on my heart to take time and to teach this. Because there are many of you out there about to make important decisions in your life. And you really, really need this message. You need to hear this. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 10. There are, it may be so, so many voices in the world, and none of them is without significance. The word significance means meaning. The Bible tells us there are many voices out there. And every voice seems to have a point. Seems to have meaning. Seems to have significance. And that's why it's so important for us to discern the voice of God. Apart from all the other voices. The voices can come from men. Opinions on media. It can come from tradition. The voices of men can come from society. What our elders say. What the newspaper says. What experts are saying. That's the voice of men. Voice can also come from Satan himself as thoughts, ideas, and suggestions that are simply lies or half-truths. In the same way, he deceived Eve in the garden with thoughts, ideas, and suggestions that appealed to her flesh. In the same way, Satan can speak to us today. And many of Satan's lies are hidden in false religions. False philosophies in different schools of thoughts that are really there to exploit, to oppress, and to hurt people. The third source of voices is yourself, your own self. The voice within, your own thoughts, either accusing you or else excusing you. Or like I said before, Satan deceiving you through your flesh what looks good to the eyes what looks good to the taste to the touch you see i've seen that many times christians also they are motivated by the voice of the flesh through anger through jealousy insecurity and fear and we make decisions based on self-promotion self-seeking see many times on social media The motivations for our posts can be simply because we want likes, can be because we want to be popular. And we may even compromise our values by posting sensual stuff, by posting fleshly stuff, all in the name of self-promotion. Even as Christians, we have to always test our motives. Do you know that our heart can be so deceiving that we can even use God to self-promote? Whether we're making a worship video, whether we are preaching, or whether we say, I want to post this teaching because I want people to be blessed. If we are genuine in our hearts, there may be times that we want to use God, use a worship video, use a teaching to promote self. That's the voice of yourself. But the voice that matters the most, that is the only voice that matters, is the voice of God. Whenever God speaks to us, He speaks from His own resources, which means He always speaks truth. He will always speak, speak peace, speak love, speak freedom. And when we hear from Him, it, it produces the results, victory, freedom, joy, healing in our lives. Now, a lot of skeptics say that God does not speak anymore. Even Christian skeptics may say God only speaks through the Bible. But if you go through the Bible, you see that God has not lost His voice. He is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. In Malachi chapter 3 verse 6, the Bible says, For I am the Lord, I do not change. That means God has not lost His voice. If the same God saved in Bible times, He saves today. If He healed in Bible times, He heals today. And if He spoke To his people in the Bible, he still speaks to us today. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he has not stopped being God. Many of you are about to make important decisions in your life. About your school, about your career, about your college. Even about relationships and marriage. Parents deciding for your children. Investments, business, and so on. In such times, it's so important to hear from God. Because the truth is, with all our education, with all our learning, with all our education, we do not know it all. Secondly, we don't know how the future will show up. Who would have thought in 2020 we would be dealing with this kind of a situation while all of us were many activities, travels, holidays, and so on. And the third thing is this. None of us knows the consequence of our choices. All the consequences of what we choose today, tomorrow, day after, in 30 years. What's the consequence of your choice today? And even when we obey God, we do not know the consequence of our obedience. You see, God does not give us a glimpse of the finish line when He asks us to follow Him. But what He gives us a glimpse of is His character, His goodness. He is saying this, Look at me. I'm honest. I'm trustworthy. I am loving. I am good. I'm almighty. Look at me. And you follow me. And you obey me. And if you will do my will by trusting in me, leave the consequences to me. Any man who obeys God and does His will will never lose. Therefore, it's absolutely important that you follow God's will. You do God's will. 2020 is a year of divine alignment for us. God wants us to line up with His will. To line up with His purposes. It's so important to get this message. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to James chapter 14. I'm sorry, James chapter 4, verses 13 to 16. This is what the Holy Spirit asked me to share. Come now you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit. And that's what we were all planning this year. Let's go here. Let's go to the city. Let's have a holiday. Let's do some shopping. We were making plans. Verse 14. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. But God is saying here that our life is so short. We think it's long, 70 years, 80 years, 90 years. But in God's eyes, in the light of it, it is like a vapor that comes and vanishes. And that's why it's important for us to know the will of God. Because our life here on earth is very short. Verse 15, instead you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that verse 16 but now you boast in your arrogance all such boasting is evil what are the scriptures telling us it's telling us this i know that you guys are making plans god is saying this you want to go here you want to travel this you want to do all of that but what the lord is saying is this do not make your plans without seeking the will of god seek his will first acknowledge him first trust in him first and pray pray for the guidance of the holy spirit why because our life is so short and only thing that will matter is a life that is lived for him the fruit that we will bear for eternity is only in obedience and because our life is so short don't waste your life in getting involved in so many projects and in so many activities which in the end are nothing but dust and ashes hallelujah everything else is a waste and that's why the bible is saying verse 15 you ought to say if the lord wills in other words seek the lord for your children's education seek the lord for your relationship for your marriage for your college education seek the lord where are we going to invest seek the lord your music career seek the lord Anyone just coming and asking you, come play with me. Let's make a YouTube video. Wait a minute, seek the Lord first. Don't waste your time. And verse 16 says, if you do not seek the Lord, you are arrogant. You are filled with pride. This is what the Bible is saying. Those who do not seek the Lord, Christians who do not take time to pray and seek the will of God. The Bible says you are arrogant. And you're boasting in your own might. What kind of boasting? We will go here, we will do this. We will go here and we will do that. That in the eyes of God is boasting. And God is saying that is evil. That is evil. See, God wants us to do His will. You see, the favor and the grace of God is only in His will. So how does God speak to us? How does God speak to us? I've already taught on this, the Word of God. God speaks to us through the Word of God. God's Word is His will revealed. And the Word of God here, the Logos, is one of the main ways God speaks to us. It is not the only But one of the main ways, and all the other ways God would speak, will also agree with this word, all right? Jesus, who is the word of God, who is the bread of life, he taught us to pray in Matthew chapter 6. Give us this day our daily bread. God can give you wisdom and instruction every day. In fact, the Bible has something to say about all of life's issues. And if you will read the word and let spoken to us through the word, we will know the will of God. Let me give you three simple guidelines when you read the Word of God. Number one, when the Scriptures are clear on a certain topic, there is no need to seek for further revelation from God if the Scripture is clear. For example, love your enemies, the Scripture is clear. For example, sexual sins, adultery, fornication, is sin, absolutely clear in Scripture. Homosexuality, absolutely clear in Scripture. It's an abomination to God. Number two, all other ways that God speaks through the Holy Spirit, dreams and visions, and what He says through the dreams and visions, must agree with Scripture. That's a principle we must keep. It must agree with what the Scripture says. And the third thing is this, the guideline. God can speak through His Word, not only through the Bible, but through His Word from sermons. Even like right now on the live stream, or or books, or videos, or through preachers' preaching. So the word of God can come through various forms. The second point that I want to talk about how God speaks to us today. You can look up there on the picture again. It's the witness of the Holy Spirit. The witness of the Holy Spirit. And this is what I'm going to take time to share. The Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, take time to share this because this is the area where many of you are hearing from God, but you are actually quenching the Spirit. So Romans chapter 8, we're going to look here. The witness of the Spirit is the primary way that God guides His children in the new covenant. It's always the Word and the Spirit together. But again, understand this. The Holy Spirit is the author of the Word. So even when the Word speaks to you, it's the Spirit who is behind it. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God. Led, led, led. The Holy Spirit has been sent to lead us, to guide us, to teach us. These are sons of God. Sons of God. The reference here is to mature believers. Mature believers are those who are led by the spirit of God. That means they are not led by opinions of people. They are not led by opportunities. They are not led by what media says. They are not led by the pressures of the flesh. The temptations. They are led by the spirit of God. Like I said before, many Christians, I have noticed, are motivated by jealousy sometimes. They're motivated by fear, anger, insecurity, even a desire for fame. Even on social media. Nowadays, everybody wants to be there saying something. But the question is, did God ask you to go on social media? Did God ask you to put up that video? Or were you motivated? Even when you wanted to lead that worship here, were you motivated by your desire to be famous, to be known? Like I said, we are so self-deceived that we can even use God to promote ourselves. We can use God for our own fame. You see, all such leadings is earthly, it is sensual, it is demonic. It is demonic. That is how Adam and Eve fell. They were attracted by what they saw, the color, the smell, the taste. They were attracted by the flesh. And I tell you, social media is all of that. What you see, what looks good, what feels good. What are you led by? The flesh will always fight with the spirit. The spirit is contrary to the flesh. Understand this very important point. The will of God is in the spirit alone. In other words, the grace of God, the the favor of God is in the spirit alone. Not in the flesh, never in the flesh. If you are motivated by the flesh, You will be frustrated at the lack of God's blessings. Even though you may be thinking you're doing it for God. That's why Paul says all the time, be in the spirit. Walk in the spirit. Live in the spirit. Bear fruit of the spirit. Hallelujah. Let's go on reading. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. This is referring to intimacy. Intimacy. And this morning, as I was reading this, the Holy Spirit gave me a revelation that I had not seen before in this portion of Scripture. The Holy Spirit said to me, sons are led by the Spirit of God. But verse 15, he said, sons are led by the Spirit in intimacy. When you cry out, Abba, Father, it's referring to intimacy. So the Holy Spirit leads you in intimacy, in your relationship with God. Verse 16, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. The Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So I want to talk to you about the inner witness of the Holy Spirit, which comes through intimacy, and that is the leading of the Holy Spirit, because I suspect many of you, in fact, if you are a genuine born-again believer, you have already been experiencing this, But you have not been taught to recognize it. And therefore, you missed hearing from God. The question is not whether God is speaking or God is not speaking. No. The main question is, are we listening? In the book of Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3, Jesus speaks to the seven churches and he says, He who has an ear, let him hear. God is always speaking. But many times we don't know where he is. And how we can hear from Him. So I want you to turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 19 verses 11 to 12. It will not appear on the screen. So you better look into your Bible. And this is a time when Elijah hears from God. Then God said to Elijah, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire, a still, small voice. Look at what Elijah does. So it was when Elijah heard the still small voice, he wrapped his face in his mantle, went out and stood at the entrance of the cave and he listened to the voice of God. Hallelujah. Earthquake, wind, fire, spectacular, happening all around Elijah, but Elijah was not moved. He was not moved. He was waiting. He was waiting. And only when he heard the still small voice of God, he responded to that. He's a prophet trained to hear from the Lord. Elijah was looking for God in the humble and not the spectacular. Most often you will hear God in the humble, the humble ways not in the spectacular ways. The divine is always in the humble. So how do I sense this still small voice of God, the inner witness? You will see again in the picture, the inner witness of the Lord, it is the promptings that we sense in our spirit, the impressions that come on our heart, the seem good sensation. All right. I write that because in the scriptures. Turn with me to Acts chapter 15. And I want to show you two portions of scripture. Which is so, so amazing. What a revelation in the scriptures about how to hear from God through the inner witness. Through the seem good sensation in our spirit. Now, Acts chapter 15 verse 34 says. However, it seemed good to Silas. Remained remain there. Let me give to you the context. Paul and Barnabas were in Antioch. Uh, The apostles were in Jerusalem. They began to have a conflict in the church. Should the new believers, the Gentiles, um, keep the law? And they could not come to an agreement. So all the leaders came from Antioch, Jerusalem. They had the first council. And then they agreed. In fact, even in this council, it seemed good to them and to the Holy Spirit That they should lay no burdens on the Gentiles of the law. All right, so they go back now to Antioch, Paul, Barnabas, and when they are going back, Paul and Silas, look at verse 22. And it pleased the apostles and elders with the whole church to send chosen men of their own company to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, namely Judas, who was also named Barsabas, and Silas, leading men. Among the brethren. So Silas joined them from Jerusalem to travel to Antioch and to strengthen the brethren. All right, look at verse 32. Now Judas and Silas, themselves being prophets also, exhorted and strengthened the brethren with many words. So they came to Antioch, they strengthened the believers there. Verse 33, and after they had stayed there for a time, they were sent back with greetings from the brethren to the apostles. So everyone who came with Paul and Barnabas to Antioch from Jerusalem, after some time, they went back. However, verse 34, it seemed good. It seemed good to Silas to remain there. He just felt, I think I should just stay here. He woke up one morning. He's like, mm. I think I'm not supposed to go to Jerusalem. Let me just stay here. I feel good. I feel good that I should stay. I have peace to stay here. All right. Verse 35. Paul and Barnabas also remained in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others also. Verse 36. And after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us now go back and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Now Barnabas was determined to take with them John called Mark. But Paul insisted that they should not take with him the one who had departed from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. Then the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. Paul and Barnabas had a split. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. So this happened a few days after Silas felt good that he should stay back in Jerusalem. It's very interesting. Look at verse 40. So now Paul is saying, I have to go on my second missionary journey. Who's going to go with me? He looks around and he says, Silas, come join with me. And out of nowhere, Silas has a tremendous opportunity to travel with the Apostle Paul as part of his missionary team and go and plant churches. Amazing. He has the encounter with Paul In the jail at Philippi. When the jail broke by the earthquake of God. He had amazing experiences. You see, all of those things were planned for him by the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit knew. After a few days, Paul and Barnabas were split. Paul did not know. Barnabas did not know. Simeon did not know. But the Holy Spirit knew. And the Holy Spirit wanted Silas to join Paul. But the Holy Spirit did not come and tell Silas, Hey Silas, after a few days, Paul and Barnabas will split. So you stay here alright? And you be here so that you can take advantage of the situation? No. The Holy Spirit only whispered into Silas's spirit. What? A witness. A seeming good sensation. A witness. It seemed good. It seemed good. You see, the breath of the Spirit comes as a seem-good sensation. It felt good for Silas to stay. And because of that, verse 40, Paul chose Silas and departed for his missionary journey. What an amazing opportunity opened up for Silas. Simply because he obeyed the witness of the Holy Spirit. And I just sense in my heart right now, there's somebody watching here. If you will pay attention to the witness of the Spirit, the Lord is saying, He will open up for you opportunities for new jobs, opportunities for a career, opportunities for, for businesses. Just listen to the still small voice of the Holy Spirit and He will bring you to be at the right place at the right time. Let me show you another scripture here. In Luke chapter 1. This is one of the most amazing ones. Now we know today that the book of Luke is the word of God. But when Luke was writing it, he did not know it was going to be added into the canon of scripture. He did not know he was writing the word of God. The Bible says... That the word of God is God-breathed. All scripture is God-breathed. In other words, the Holy Spirit breathed on the authors of the Bible. That means the, the breath of God came on the authors. They were inspired and they wrote. But Luke did not wake up one day feeling the wind of the Holy Spirit. Look at what he says. Inasmuch as many have taken in hand. Luke chapter 1 verse 1. To set in order a narrative of those things which have been fulfilled among us. Just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered them to us. Verse 3. It seemed good to me also. It seemed good to me, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first. To write to you an orderly account, most excellent Theophilus. Luke did not wake up feeling the anointing. Luke did not wake up, oh, an angel came to him with a papyrus, with a scroll. Write this. the did not wake up having a spiritual encounter. No. Luke just felt, seems good that I should write what I know about Jesus to you, most excellent Theophilus. That's it. Something as amazing, as more as powerful, as miraculous, as supernatural as the word of God. It manifested simply by a seem good feeling. The breath of the spirit comes as a feel good sensation in your spirit. Seems good. hallelujah this is the most common way God leads directs guides his children in the new testament the most common way why because God said in Hebrews chapter 8 verse 10 if you would turn there with me and verse 11 that in the new covenant you see he will put his laws in our hearts he will write them on our minds on the inside He will give us a new heart. This is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind, write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they shall be my people. He will give us a new heart. He will give us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who begins to speak to us within. Verse 11. None of them shall teach his neighbor and none his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me. All. All. That means every. Believer can experience the witness of the Spirit within you, guiding you, teaching you, directing you here. All shall know me. Not only the prophet, not only the great evangelist. All believers can know God intuitively and intimately. Because this is the new covenant. From the least of them to the greatest of them. This is the most common way God leads his children in the new covenant. Which means, we do not need external signs. I want to see cloud by day, fire by night. And then I will know God is with me and I can follow Him. No, that was for the old because they were not born again. The cloud in the old, the fire in the night for the Israelites in the new covenant has come in us. The presence of God within us is how God leads us. John says in 1 John chapter 2, verse 27. That this is the anointing that abides within. There is an anointing, the Holy Spirit that abides within us and it teaches us and he guides us. And how does that anointing feel? Romans chapter 14. Verse 17 tells us that the kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. How does God lead us by the anointing within? It feels right. I have peace. There is joy when I act on it. Listen to me; it feels so right. I have peace, and there is joy. It's almost like there's a velvety kind of sensation on the on the inside when you know it is God. Hallelujah! That's what the inner witness feels like. I remember when I was in Bible school and I was praying, Lord. What do you want me to do after the end of this Bible school? And I would go to the church at Rema in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I would pray and I would pray and I would pray. There would be no thunderings. There would be no angels that came and visited me. No dreams, nothing. I would just pray. And as I would be silent, listening to the Lord, listening to the Spirit. There would be this inner witness in my heart that whispered to me, go back. And every time I would think about that, there would be so much pleasure. There would be so much peace about it. And it felt right. Even though in my mind, I did not want to come back home. In my flesh, I wanted to stay back in America. It looked good to my eyes. Oh, it looked so wonderful to my eyes. But my spirit man felt good about coming back home. And so... I decided to obey the Spirit and not my flesh. The flesh will lead you to ruin, even if it's a good choice. Only the Spirit will lead you to life. Hallelujah. I remember in 2011, when this pastor came from Burma and asked me to come and have a conference for the youth there. In 2011, in the early part, Burma was not yet a democracy. People were afraid to go to Burma. But I prayed. And as I prayed, guess what happened? There was no loud thunderings from heaven saying, go to Burma. There was no angelic visitations. There was no dreams, nothing. Only in my spirit, man, peace. There was this peace, this joy, this inner witness. And I obeyed that. And as we went, the Lord opened to us a great door, an opportunity to bring the gospel to Myanmar. And we have done so every year since 2011, even till now. Hallelujah. Amen. And that's why I listen to the inner witness. When people come and say, Pastor, can we work together? I listen to the inner witness the most media ministry that we are doing the lord led us three four years back to begin to buy computers to buy cameras and it was expensive but every time i would pray and seek the lord there would be this inner peace within. it felt good it seemed good so we acted on it see we need to pay attention to what seems good or conversely, pay attention to what does not feel good either. The check. The check in your spirit. The lack of peace. The lack of peace. Mm, something not right here. The lack of peace. Pay attention to that. Because if that seem good, this prompting, the peace is not there. God is saying, wait, wait, wait. The check is the wait. The check is, you know, red light. I remember in 1997, 98, I had applied to two good Bible schools in India. I have applied to a lot of YBAM bases, and all of them accepted me UBS, uh, SABC, YBAM. And I had to go. The date for my reporting was coming up. But I just didn't have the peace in my heart. I just didn't feel like going. I didn't know. So I was always praying. I was always praying, seeking the Lord. I was sending out my applications, but I was also seeking the Lord, seeking the Lord, praying, seeking the Lord, praying, and seeking the Lord. Hallelujah. So I remember one evening, I was just sitting down with a friend of mine, and we were just talking. We were just talking. And then suddenly, I just knew it. The witness. I am not supposed to go to any of those colleges or even to YBAM. I just knew. It. I had to travel the next day. But in my heart, I just knew it. Why? Every time I would think of going to those colleges, I had a check. I had this, something is not right sensation within me. And when I decided I'm not going to go, my heart was filled with joy and Peace. So the check is a sign. God is saying, wait, or God is saying, no. Now, you have to be praying in order to be able to discern such situations. Sometimes you may just have peace in your heart because you don't want to take the stress of new responsibility. All right. So you must pray and discern the inner witness. All right. I want you to turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. This is again a scripture the Holy Spirit reminded me to teach you. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19. Bible says, Do not quench the spirit. Next verse, verse 20. Do not despise prophecies. Do not quench the spirit. In other words, do not despise the humble by only paying attention to the spectacular. Why? Because the most often way God will speak to you is through the humble. Verse 19 says, Do not quench the Spirit. Why? Is it possible that you can quench the Spirit? Yes. The instruction, Do not quench the Spirit is there. Why would Paul write to the believers at this church and say, Do not quench the Spirit unless you could quench the Spirit by your own, Opinions, your own thoughts, the voice of men or the voice of your flesh. Do not quench the spirit. And the word quench there means the same as blowing out the candle. That means the spirit can be speaking to you but it is so faint. It is so humble. It is so ordinary that we can despise it. And that's why He says, do not despise prophecies because prophecies can sometimes come to you in the most humble ways, simple ways. When Naaman went to the prophet Elisha, he was expecting that Elisha would come in a spectacular manner of a mystic, wave his hands and heal him. But Elisha did not even go and visit him. He only said, go and dip in the Jordan seven times. But God was in that instruction. And Naaman was offended initially, but... Better sense prevailed and he dipped in the Jordan seven times and then he got healed. See, the divine was there in the simple instructions. Do not despise prophecies. Do not quench the spirit. The spirit can be quenched. The voice of God can be drowned out. I can remember several times when I would have tiny, faint impressions on my heart that I should visit this brother in hospital. I should visit this person or give a call. And it will come one week. The next week, it will come back. The next day, it will come back. But sometimes, I would ask opinions of people, hey, should we go? And the other person would say, I'm tired today, let's not go today. Oh, why do we need to go? I think they're fine. So see, the voices of people or the voice of our own body or flesh drowns out the tiny, faint impression the Holy Spirit was putting in my heart. And then suddenly... We get the news, passed away, died. And we're like, I should have visited. The Spirit of God was leading, was guiding. But we quenched the Spirit because we listened to the voice of men, the opinions of men, our own voice, our own reasoning. Quench not the Spirit. Pay attention to the inner witness of your heart by the Holy Spirit when you're seeking, when you're praying. That's why nowadays I'm training myself when I'm counseling people, listening to my heart. And as long as I listen and I pay attention, follow the leadings of the Spirit, every time it has been amazing. It has been amazing. The immediate results in the counseling even the words of knowledge the words of wisdom I get it comes very faint inner witness even the visions that I get notice it comes very faint in the inner witness hallelujah because that is the communication channel your spirit your spirit the Holy Spirit in your spirit is the communication channel even the words of prophecy come forth from the inner witness hallelujah The second way the Holy Spirit would speak to us through the inner witness is through the authoritative voice. Turn to Acts chapter 16 and we'll close with this portion of scripture. Acts chapter 16, verse 6. Now when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. After they had come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. So passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. So here Paul He's saying this, we tried to go and preach in Asia, but the Holy Spirit forbade us. We tried to go to Bithynia, but the Holy Spirit did not permit us. It seems like here, it was not an instance of Paul being led by what seemed good to him, but a more authoritative voice of the Spirit that was forbidding him. It seemed that what seemed good to them initially was, hey, let's go and preach here. But as they went, there was an authoritative witness of the Holy Spirit that forbade them. So it is not only the inner witness through which the Holy Spirit speaks to us, there is a more authoritative inner witness. Sometimes it may sound like uh, a voice within, which is more than just an inner witness another portion of scripture is this Acts chapter 8 verse 29 Acts chapter 8 verse 29 then the spirit said to Philip go near and overtake his chariot because Philip in verse 26 was told by an angel of the Lord arise go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza this is desert so he rose and he finds that he's walking beside the chariot of an Ethiopian eunuch the one in charge of all the treasury, the finance minister. When he was walking by, the spirit says to Philip, go near and overtake his chariot. So Philip heard the voice of the spirit. Okay, so this is not just an inner witness. It's a voice with more authority. It's a voice with more firmness, with more clarity. And that too, you can believe. To experience I've encountered that just once in my life when the voice came into my heart into my ear early once in the morning telling me give money to this evangelist who was staying in the house I woke up and I heard the voice give him money so I spoke to my mother I went and asked him do you need money he said, apparently he was broke he had to go back all the way to Karnataka We are able to bless him. More authoritative voice of the Spirit of God. Amen. Hallelujah. I want you to be open right now. As we enter into a time of prayer. You see, there is a need for us to have a desire to hear from God before God speaks to us. A heart must be sincere, wholehearted. Jeremiah 33 verse 3 says, Call unto me and I will show you great and mighty things which are to come. God wants us to call unto him and ask him, Lord, show me your call, your purpose, your destiny in my life. God will not show you the finish line. He will not give you a peek into all the details beginning to end. He will just show you a picture here. A glimpse here, a jigsaw puzzle here, a small piece. But above all, he will show you himself. But more than that, he wants to teach you out of your intimacy with him as you listen to the Holy Spirit, daily acts of obedience, daily leadings by the Holy Spirit. He teaches you, establishes you so that you are able to walk in the Spirit. And not being led by your flesh. Like I said in the beginning, so many people out on social media today, sermons, videos, worship. The question is, is everyone being led by the Spirit of God? Or are they led by the flesh? Like I said before, our flesh can be so deceiving that we will justify ourselves. Justify ourselves. To use God for our own promotion. To use God for our own pride. For our own popularity. So we must be led by God. And as long as you and I can humble ourselves right now to the Lord. And say, so Lord, I humble myself before you. And I want to hear from you. Lord. You can begin to expect Him to begin to speak to you. Hallelujah. Let me pray for you right now, wherever you are. And I encourage you, open your heart and pray this with me right now. I want to pray that God is going to visit you. God is going to give you encounters. God's going to show up in your home. Even as we have been doing this live stream, people have been watching us. Many have been sending us testimonies how the spiritual life has grown. It has improved. How they have, you know, how they have actually experienced encounters with God. The same, I want to pray for you this morning. All right? Come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for all of these that are watching right now. And Lord, I ask that as they humble themselves before you, Father, I pray that you will touch them, that you will open the eyes of their understanding, that you will give them, oh Lord, a revelation and the knowledge of who you are, oh Lord of God. Father, I pray that as they humble themselves before you, they will begin to hear from you the inner witness of the Holy Spirit. They will begin to hear from you, O Lord, O God. Hallelujah. In the promptings, the impressions, what seems good to their spirit, And as they take that step of faith by looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of their faith, the one who can be trusted, the one who can be depended upon, Father, I pray that you will bring them to the place that you have ordained for them. That land of blessing, that land of rest, that land of increase, O Lord. Father, that you have placed for them their destiny. Father, I pray for everyone that is watching. That, Lord, they will walk in the knowledge of your will. Father, I pray that they will humble themselves. They will not say, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. They will not be arrogant and filled with pride. Making their own plans without seeking you, O Lord. But Father, I pray that we will humble ourselves. We would acknowledge that we do not know it all. That we need you. We need to acknowledge you in all our ways, O oh Lord. Father, I pray that you release a spirit of humility to everyone that is watching this right now, O oh Lord. Give us the heart to say, if the Lord wills, we will do this. And if the Lord wills, we will go there. And we will buy that. And we will invest that. Father, give us that guard, that heart of humility right now. And deliver us from our flesh. Deliver us from, from our pride, O oh Lord of oh God. Rid us, Lord. Father, I pray that, Lord, you will enable us to kill our flesh. To die to our flesh. That motivation of jealousy. That motivation of pride. That motivation of self-promotion. Even, Lord, in the church, so many things that we do. Events that we put up. want to preach want to sing want to be on the stage we are using you lord for our own self promotion for the cause us to die from our flesh so that when we serve you we do it because you are leading us we are led by the spirit and not by our pride oh lord hallelujah I just sense in my spirit that the many of you are confused about the will of God. See, confusion comes because many times we are self-willed. We want to do what we want to do. I just felt my heart the Holy Spirit say, if they will pray the prayer of consecration with all their heart right now. What is the prayer of consecration? It's what Jesus prayed at Gethsemane. Not my will, oh Lord, let your will be done. If you, whoever you are, right now you will pray, how old, how young you are, doesn't matter. If you will say, Not my will, Lord, your will. That means you are just surrendering everything, just surrendering your ambitions, your thoughts, your desires, your plans, everything. You're giving it to the Lord and saying, Lord, I'm surrendering everything like Isaac on the altar. Let your will be done alone in life. are dedicating 100% to the Lord. You're not keeping back a little bit. You're just dying to yourself. That is the place where confusion dies. And out of that place, God may speak to you that some of the desires you had was God who put it in you. The gift, the abilities of God put it in you. But sometimes we are motivated to use a gift in a selfish way. We have to die to that. And for a time and a season, we may even die to the use of our gift. But God will resurrect it by the Spirit. And what He resurrects, He will bless and He will prosper. But when you try to use your gifts in your own fleshly way, it will die. There is no blessing there. So right now, I want you to join with me in prayer, All right? If you really, in your heart, believe that you have to pray this prayer right now, I want you to pray after me. Are you ready? You can kneel down wherever you are. Now say this with me. Heavenly Father. Jesus. I come to you. And I lay down my life. I lay down my desires. I lay down my plans. My ambitions. I lay down my own selfish thoughts. My own selfish plans. I give it all to you on the altar. Lord. Even if my gifts. And my plans. And my vision. It never comes to pass. So be it. My life is yours. I give my life to you Lord. Do with my life. Whatever you want to do. Take my life. As a sacrifice. I give. 100%. I dedicate my life 100%. And I say, Lord, I want to do your will alone. Not only what is a good idea. Not following good opinions of people. Even good intentions and good desires, Lord, I lay it at your feet. Only what is from your spirit. Only what is from heaven, Lord. Let it come to pass in my life. Not my will, O Lord, but your will be done. Tell the Lord, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, that I will follow. I pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. If you have prayed a prayer from your heart, please contact us. We want to help you. If you have prayed a prayer from your heart, I want you to expect that God will begin to lead you and guide you. In Jesus' name, I just take authority over you and I cancel every confusion, every doubt in the mighty name of Jesus. And I speak peace over your heart, your soul, and your mind peace into your mind. Hallelujah. I want to pray for those that need healing in your bodies right now. Just lay your right hand on your body and I'm going to pray that God will heal you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray over the ones that are sick in their bodies right now. I see back pain being healed in Jesus' name. I see pain in the chest being healed right now in the mighty name of Jesus. There's some people here with sinus and respiratory problems. The Spirit of God is touching you right now. Be healed in the mighty name of Jesus. There's somebody here You feel like there is a nerve pain from the back of your head, your your, your neck all the way down to your back. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Father, I pray for the fire of God, the anointing of God to come upon him right now like oil and healing of every nerve pain in his back of the neck and in his back in the mighty name of Jesus. There's somebody here, you have pain on your feet. Every time you stand or you walk, there's deep pain in your feet. In the name of Jesus, let the fire of God come upon your feet and heal you. Thank you, O oh Lord of God. Hallelujah. There's somebody here you're watching and you're having this uh, bone deterioration disease there's a problem with your bones it's deteriorating and there's pain so in the name of Jesus I release the anointing of God the fire of God the kingdom of God into your body and I command every deterioration of the bone to be reversed from now in the name of Jesus and I speak strength to your bones life to your bones I speak the kingdom of God heaven comes into your bone right now in Jesus mighty name hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah. Father, I pray. Let your hand come upon everyone that is sick right now. I take authority over every spirit of infirmity, every sickness, cancers, every TB, every growth in the bodies. Be gone in Jesus' name. Be healed in the mighty name of Jesus. <laughs> be healed in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Allah. Lord hallelujah God is with you do not fear do not be discouraged do not think you're all alone God is with you take this time not to worry about what is happening around the world but to sit at the feet of Jesus alright God bless you all we are so privileged to have you with us and we will see you on Wednesday exactly at 5 p.m and also, coming Sunday, exactly at 10.30 a.m.
1: If you have been blessed through this podcast, we invite you to partner with us in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ from Nagaland to the nations. We make all our series available for free, but it does cost us time, effort, and money to do. So the support of people such as you will enable us to reach more people in more regions. Remember, when you give, the Word of God says in 2 Corinthians 9.8 that God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you, always having all sufficiency, all things may have an abundance of every good work. If you would like to support our media ministry on a monthly basis or through a one-time gift, kindly write to us at faithharvestnagaland at gmail.com and visit our website www.fadeharvest.in and you can go to the giving section. You can also give through this UPI ID 7005684533 at Paytm. God bless you and thank you so much for your generosity.